Hello, and welcome to The Enthusiasm Project, episode number 13. My name is Tom, and today I am pretty excited to go over this topic. So buckle up, because we're going to talk about strategizing on YouTube and developing a strategy for your YouTube channel. Or actually, we're going to go through the process. I'm just going to unpack the dumpster fire in my brain of me trying to come up with a strategy for my YouTube channel, and maybe that would be helpful for you or even interesting for you. So if, you, if you're if familiar with me at all and you've kind of been following my YouTube channel, you're probably kind of aware of some of the, you know, just development and paths that I've taken with the channel since I started it almost two years ago. And if you're not familiar and you just sort of found this because it popped up as YouTube strategies, I think it might be helpful because since I have a smaller YouTube channel and since I'm not like a full-time content creator and I am a person with a regular full-time job, that it might actually be helpful to sort of see this perspective on implementing a strategy when it isn't your full-time gig and how do you do something as a hobby that you want to keep fun but you also want to be strategic with it and why should you be and and should you be in the first place so that's kind of what I wanted to go over today and just sort of unpack my thoughts and my strategy and I thought the best way to do that would be to start by doing a brief history of the strategies or lack thereof that I've been using over the past two years. So if you're familiar with me, you probably know that even though I started my YouTube channel, The Enthusiasm Project, two years ago, or in, sorry, in June of 2017, I had wanted to start one for a really long time, start a YouTube channel. And I, I just, for some reason, didn't. And I don't know why. Uh, I had, you know, it wasn't a technical limitation. I had equipment. I had skill. I just didn't know what to make a channel about. I didn't, I would watch videos and I'm talking about like, you know, 2011, 2012, when YouTube wasn't quite as like polished as it is today in 2019, where you would watch a video and it would really just be someone, you know, sitting at a messy desk or in their workshop or just out in the world, just, you know, not even necessarily like vlogging, but, uh, you know, talking, if you wanted to see hey, this is how this camera works. You would just watch somebody in their office talking about a camera. And I'd go like, man, I wish I could do that. It's like literally it's just someone who turned a camera on in their like home office and started talking. It's not even like high production value. And I don't know what the what the thing was that stopped me from going like, oh, of course, I could do that too. Maybe it was fear of being judged or who knows what. But anyway, several years went by. Then I decided to start a channel. And one, there were the biggest thing for me wanting to start a channel was the fact that it had been years and years and I still wanted to. And I was realizing that if I didn't start the channel now, then more years would go by and I would still want to do it. And, you know, if I waited two more years, I could have been two years along in a journey. And so rather than wait more, I just wanted to jump in. And so luckily... I found something that I wanted, that I was comfortable jumping in with in the summer of 2017 when I got my dr commercial drone pilot's license. So I did the part 107 test. And as I was studying for that, I used YouTube as a resource to find all kinds of really cool study guides and, and info about that test. 
And as I was doing that, oh man, I was trying to filter through all this info and there was stuff that was good and stuff that was bad. And it was genuinely kind of, there was so much information, it was hard to sort through it. And so after I passed the test, I thought, you know what, I'll make a video about just the three things you need to do, the three pieces of information, like look at this, look at this, do this, and you'll be good to go. And then that would actually be helpful. So I could make a YouTube video, but it's an easy, it's kind of an easy thing because I have a clear purpose. And Heather and I often talk to people if they're interested in starting a channel and we recommend if they don't know what to do or they're kind of hesitant to do something simple like make a video about how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich because you're going to get out of your brain because you're trying to convey information about which you are very confident. And so you're not going to have that stumbling block of like, what is going on and how do I do this? And so by doing the the drone thing, I had a clear purpose for my video. I spent so much time on that video. I spent like days writing the script and practicing it and, you know, hours just setting up a three-point lighting kit. And you, oh my God, the amount of time that went into that video was crazy. But it was my first time and, you know, it came out great and it still gets to one of my most viewed videos and it, it Seems like it actually helped people and served a purpose, which is awesome. And so that kind of then helped me dive in a little bit. I did what like I kind of call my first five videos, which were just they're sort of whatever I wanted them to be. Mostly they kind of relate to like 3D printing and just they're kind of little like goofy things where I'm just experimenting with trying to make videos quickly, trying to do a different style, being comfortable in front of a camera, which was not something that I was at the time. But I didn't really know what was happening. And it wasn't until I met Heather later that summer of 2017 where she was like, just why aren't you making videos? You should make more videos, make videos. And that's when I decided to do a 30-day upload challenge, which you might have heard me talk about before. But I mean, that is such a good learning tool. And a lot of times uh, people will jump in and do a 10-day upload challenge, which I think is really beneficial. 10 days is great because it's not too intimidating, but it's long enough to be, you know, like, oh my gosh, this is an actual project I have to do, um, where you make a video a day for 10 days. But I went with 30, and to be totally honest, I started, just because I'm terrible at planning, I started on the last day of summer vacation. I'm a teacher, if you didn't know. And uh, so the last day of summer vacation was my first video. So the first month of the school year, which is such an insane time, I was also making a video every single day, which was crazy. And it ended up being really good because all of that stress that comes with the beginning of the year, it, I was able to kind of uh, compartmentalize that and leave leave some of that work stress at work and then come home and focus on like, well, okay, what do I want to make a video about today? And I have a few hours to do it. What should I do? And I learned so much in that 30 days. I would genuinely say I took six months of experience and compressed it into one month just by doing that. And I know 30 days is a long time. People got work, life, families, the whole deal. But if you can do that, like the amount of education you would get in that 30 days is priceless. Like you can't, oh my gosh. So anyway, so I did that. After 30 days, I was like, can't keep doing a video a day because it is not sustainable, period. Especially if you want to have any kind of a life. So I decided I'll do weekly videos. Uh, you know, then I can spend a little more time on a video. I don't have to have as much pressure, one video per week. And I did that for like the next 10 months. So I had made videos regularly for about a year. I had my, you know, first five videos or so. Then I had my 30 videos. 
and then I did uh, regular uploads every week for 10 months with math. I mean, I was upwards of 60, 70 videos by the end of that school year. So that's just, I can't help but work on the academic calendar. So my brain, everything is just divided into like school years rather than calendar years. And so by June of 2018, I had just hit my 1,000 subscriber mark. Things were going really, really well, but I was starting to get so stressed out about like every week I was trying to put out a new video and I was, I had like Tuesday as my upload date and it just, it was really becoming stressful. And so I actually made a video last summer. It's on my channel and it's called, um, I traveled around the world to make this. And it's sort of me explaining the idea that you don't want to be a slave to a platform and you don't want to be a slave to whatever you want to call it, an algorithm, whatever. And you want to be in charge of how you do these things and you, it should be fun and it should be enjoyable. And so from that point on, I didn't want to worry about an upload schedule. You know, I, I love making stuff. So I wanted to make something every week because it's an awesome creative outlet, but you know, sometimes I might not be able to, sometimes things might happen where I do five videos in a week. You never know. But I didn't want to be like beholden to, to a schedule just for the sake of having a schedule. And I don't, I don't know if that was, you know, it, it, there's so many back and forth over if you want to grow your channel, you should upload regularly and more often once a week might not even be enough. And there's other things like doesn't really matter. It's all about the quality. You want stuff that people actually want to watch and want to see. And I think you could just kind of argue either way all day long. And so you got to do what works best for you. And so... I've spent the last almost year doing that. I've done pretty much a video every week. There's been once or twice maybe where I've done more than one video a week. I haven't really gotten to the point where I do more than that just because scheduling makes that difficult to do something that I'd be proud of. <laughs> I don't want to just do like a garbage video. And now I'm starting to look at things a little differently and the pendulum is swinging the other way, which is after not having an official schedule for a year. I kind of just, whenever I make a video, I make it. When I'm done with the video, I just click upload, whatever that happens to be, whatever day of the week, whatever time of day, it doesn't matter. I just want to get the things out there. My channel's had okay growth. Like, you know, we see these these channels that grow <laughs> um, kind of astronomically and you think like, oh my God, you know, millions, hundreds of thousands of subscribers or whatever. And you're like, ah, you know, eight a day is pretty great. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Tim Schmoyer and like the video creators. I think that's what it's called. And whatever his podcast is called, which is shockingly good because there's, there's so many like YouTube strategy channels and podcasts out there. And a lot of them are just awful to listen to. Tim's is wonderful because he's such a likable, nice guy. And I actually learn something from every episode. So I've been kind of coming up with new ideas and ways to approach things things and listening to some of that has helped me realize this is really important if you're a normal human being and not like a full-time content creator that it is okay to have a strategy with your channel and with the stuff that you create and it doesn't mean that you're sacrificing your integrity or your authenticity and that it's okay to want to have your stuff seen by other people which sometimes can be kind of tricky because, you know, when I started my channel, I remember thinking like, I don't care about the numbers. I don't care about any of that. 
And then, you know, you do work really hard on your stuff. And when you work hard on a video and nobody watches it, you kind of go, well, that sucks. Like, I kind of wanted people to see that video. It's really good. Or I'm really proud of it. Or, I, you know, whatever. I worked really hard on it. And then you get, you know, eight views and four of them are yourself. And you're just kind of like, oh, this is a bummer. So you do kind of get into that, whatever you want to call it, that cycle of wanting to grow your channel and wanting to grow your views and you kind of feel dirty and gross and grimy because you don't want to be that person that's out chasing numbers. But I don't think that there's, I think there's a, a very healthy balance you can strike there. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting your work to be seen, but you do want to maintain your integrity and want to maintain your authenticity. Oh my gosh, let me tell you about the opposite of that, which is <laughs> there is there I'm a member of a couple Facebook groups for like, you know, YouTube creators and it, it's cool to be a part of those communities cuz they're really helpful just to to deal to just run ideas by other people and get feedback from other people. And there's somebody who is a member of one of these groups that, you know, so we've been running in sort of like the similar circle for about a year now. And, you know, totally nice person, uh, you know, probably a couple more, a couple years older than me, closer to 40. And, you know, had a channel that just wasn't really just kind of average, not really a lot of growth, not really a lot of direction, just not really kind of figuring it out. And then suddenly teamed up with a few other people and started a brand new channel in February of this year. And in the past three to four months, I mean, they're almost at 100,000 subscribers or like 5 million views. Their videos get tens, if not hundreds of thousands of views each video. It, it's insane the amount of growth that they've done. But the way that they've done it is basically they just targeted like nine-year-olds and they just like the most stereotypical YouTube thing where it's just, you know, like fake scenarios that are overhyped and crazy outrageous pranks and it's it's not the best thing it's not good for like humans <laughs> and i feel bad saying that but like truly you know there's a technical proficiency there for sure but it's not like nutritious for anybody it's not like it's just to milk the system for views and subscribers and you know, if that's your thing, that's your thing, and that's awesome, but that's not my thing. And I I think that for a lot of people, that's not what they want to do. You want to grow your channel, but you want to stay true and authentic to yourself. You want to be proud of the thing that you're creating at the end of the day. You know, if, you, if you're keeping your channel a secret from people in your life and they actually stumble across it, maybe you don't want to be, like, horribly embarrassed because you're doing something that's just, you know, you're just trying to chase views and now you have an army of nine-year-olds at your back because you're like doing stuff that only nine-year-olds think is nothing there's anything wrong with nine-year-olds like they they can have good taste but they you know it you know what i'm saying i'm assuming <laughs> i'll just stop digging myself into a hole but the point is you can be strategic and you can be smart and it can actually be fun to do that it can actually be fun to think about what you're doing and i've been trying as I've always kind of had more of a general channel since there's so many things I'm interested in, I've been trying to work on finding a niche for my channel and niching down because I think that is really a key to growth success on YouTube. And I've come to terms with that in a way that I'm not unhappy with. 
and I'm still working on finding a niche. And I want to do a whole podcast episode about that because I, I think it's easy for people to say, hey, this person has a niche, but that process of like figuring out what that is, is tough. And for me, it comes down to, you know, there's an infinite number of niches, but if you if you're able to say like, hey, have you heard of this YouTube channel? Yeah, that's the guy that does blank. Like I use Binging with Babish as an example all the time, but Binging with Babish is a YouTube channel where the guy makes food dishes from movies and TV shows. It's one sentence. You understand exactly what he does. It's very specific. And if you can find something like that, that if somebody is trying to tell somebody else about your channel, how could they tell that person about it in one sentence? And I think once you can answer that in a realistic way, then you found your niche. And it really seems that that is a key to growth. And whatever growth is, is up to you. Maybe you don't care about subscribers. Maybe you do. I, you know, I want to see numbers go up. And that was one of the things. That's why I brought up Tim's thing, because he was talking about someone on an episode I was listening today where he's like, yeah, we were working with this guy and, you know, he was doing okay. His channel was getting 2000 subscribers a day and. Then we worked with him and all kinds of things, and he was getting 39000 a day. And I was like, oh, my God. The guy was just doing, quote, unquote, okay when he was getting 2,000 new subscribers a day. I mean, that's, you know, that is a number I could never even fathom. And so there's, you kind of realize sometimes there's a disconnect in things when realistically, you know, there are times, especially when you're just starting a channel, where you're not going to get any new subscribers for a week or two weeks or a long time, or you might lose some. I lost four yesterday. That was my my little thing went down negative in the red yesterday. Uh, you know, sometimes you gain a lot, which a lot for someone like me would be, you know, 10, 15 per day. That would be, you know, a lot. And, you know, it'd be cool to see those numbers go up, but I guess that's why I'm trying to do a strategy <laughs> to see if we can do that. But I want to do a strategy that's manageable. So here's where I'm at with that. My goal is to keep things fun, to keep things authentic and genuine, uh, but to take it seriously in a way that reduces stress. So that's kind of like, if you've ever seen that diagram of like, hey, do you want to have time, uh, sleep, or what is it like? It's like if you're in college, choose two of three things and you can have like a social life, good grades or free time or something. And you can you can't have all three. And so I feel like I'm trying to have three things that might be unattainable. Like I'm trying to have growth and strategy and I'm trying to create a lot of content regularly. And I also don't want it to be stressful. So that's kind of a magic thing. <laughs> but I think I found a way that's going to work for me. And luckily... Since summer vacation is right around the corner, I got a little bit of time where I can make that happen and kind of like build out a strong foundation and just sort of see where that goes. And so I'm really interested in this. And uh, my strategy is to go back to an upload schedule, which is kind of scary. So I was doing weekly videos. I want to go back to weekly videos on a specific day. And I've chosen to start out with on Thursdays. And so this upcoming Thursday, I'll do my first Thursday upload. And the reason that I chose Thursday is just because I kind of just looked up a few articles about when the best time, when the most traffic was on YouTube. And they kind of said Thursdays, Fridays, you know, it goes up on the weekends, but weekdays are good because people watch it a lot on their lunch breaks or before work or when they get home from work. And so I figured Thursday is great, especially for my audience, which is, you know, people in their, uh, 
you know, 20s, 30s, and 40s mostly. Uh, just sort of seemed like with that lifestyle, cool. The end of the week, people might be watching like at the office or lunch or whatever. And then the video is also going to be there as the weekend starts off and people are just sort of lounging around enjoying their weekend. It just seems like it makes sense. And for my schedule, Thursday works. Uh, if nobody watches videos when I upload them on Thursday, then I'll, I'll switch it to another day. But I'm going to start with Thursdays for now. And then I want to release this podcast every Sunday. And if you follow the podcast, you probably know that my whole reason for starting it was to get away from the numbers, the thing that I'm talking about right now on YouTube. So I have no real strategy with this other than that it's sharing ideas and dissecting things. I don't look at any of the metrics for the podcast. I It's just, I like doing it. It's enjoyable. It's super fun. I just want to keep it that way. And YouTube is really the platform that I actually care about numbers on. And so the podcast, though, I do want it to be regular because it's a good exercise. And so every Sunday is cool. And I like that. That way I feel like that would be creatively fulfilling to know that like, hey, I've got new things coming out. You know, every Sunday there's something new. and It's a podcast that'll be there ready for you at the start of the week. And then Thursday, there's a new video to come out. And it's there, you know, for the weekend, for all that kind of stuff. I've historically, I think most channels uh, like me tend to get a boost in traffic over the weekend because of course everybody's at home watching stuff on the weekend so anyway that is my strategy but how do I do weekly videos on a specific day and I think I'm going to schedule them to release at 6 a.m pacific time so it's nice and early um I just I don't know that's what I chose nice and early even on the east coast it's still pretty early in the day and you know it just seems like it works but how do, I, how do I do that without falling into the trap where I was in before where now I'm super stressed out about, oh my God, like now I have to make a video every week because I have this upload schedule to maintain. And I think I found the solution to do that, which is going to take a lot of extra work at first, but I think it will pay off. And luckily with summer vacation, I should have the time to make it happen, I hope. <laughs> um, and th that is to schedule videos in advance, which is something I've never done before because I get so excited when I make a video that I just want to release it right away. Which is fun because I just want people to see it. But it can also be bad because sometimes I think they're, you know, it can screw things up, I think, when, you know, YouTube has no idea when to expect a video from me or an audience, better yet, has no idea when to expect a video. But sometimes, too, what I'll do is I'll finish a video and the video will be incredible. And then I'll kind of rush through, like, the thumbnail and the title and all the metadata and stuff that's kind of important, especially the thumbnail and the title. And I just want to get the video out and maybe I could do better on those but I don't because I'm so excited to get the video out. So I've been trying lately, you know, over the past few months to spend more time. Like if I know I'm going to make a video about something before I even film it, I'll, you know, take the thumbnail picture and spend a lot of time making it look really good and trying to figure out what the title would be that would be catching and interesting, but, you know, honest and not clickbaity. And that seems to have made it quite a difference. But if I'm not just rushing to get a video out, then I don't think I'll fall into that trap anymore. So that's one reason that I want to schedule things out. And also just to take, take away the stress. So my goal is to not just schedule it in advance, not like finish the video on Sunday and schedule it for Thursday, but to be four weeks ahead. So to know that four weeks in advance, like if I, if I finish a video today, 
I would schedule that video to post in like a month, which is something I've never done before. <laughs> but I don't really see a reason not to for the most part. Um, I, you know, I don't do news, so it's not like you have to know the thing that's happening right now. I can let things kind of sit for a while and, and be and just plan it out. And I think that that would be such a stress reliever. And I would know no matter what happens, even this week, oh my gosh, if I'm so tired and things are crazy, doesn't matter. There's a video scheduled. I can work on the next one and then schedule it several weeks from now to come out, which is, it sounds like luxurious. <laughs> so I'm like really excited about that. I think that that would be an awesome solution. And the other, the added benefit to that, there's two other added benefits I think will come back you know, after I've been doing this and see if I still agree, but obviously there's a buffer built in, which is pretty important. So if something catastrophic happens, you know, like it's something gets really busy at work or I get sick or something, you know, it's just whatever life happens. I don't have to worry. I don't have to go, Oh man, now I'm not going to get to do a video this week. Like no matter what I could get sick, I could get busy with something else. I could get you know, sidetracked with another project or want to focus on something else. And then I could just go, that's all right. Like there's a video coming out anyway. I've already, you know, passed Tom from four weeks ago. Got, got me covered. I got that video coming out. Everything's going to be good to go. And then I've got that buffer and I can build in a video. If I want to do something, uh, if I want to do something topical and I've got these videos scheduled, there's no reason I can't just do an additional video every week. So it's not like it's preventing anything. And I could shuffle things around a little bit if I've got three videos scheduled out. And then I realize like, oh, you know what? Um, based on current trends or whatever, this video that's scheduled in three weeks would make more sense to post next week. Like, you know, I can always just shift things around because they're, they're already made and they're already existing. They're already there, ready to go. And then I can also spend more time and make sure like, oh, you know what? I did that title on that video, but after thinking about it for a few days, I feel like this other title would be would be better. There's, there's a, there's a YouTuber that I follow who's really good and he has millions of subscribers and he's incredible. And I don't want to name names cause I'm going to be a little bit critical right now because I really love his content from all accounts is a wonderfully nice person, but I've noticed he has started and he works in the tech space, but he has started doing this thing where like he'll upload videos and then delete them or he'll upload a video. And the last like six or seven videos he's uploaded, he will change the thumbnail like three or four times, especially within the first one or two days. He'll change the title three or four times. And I'm really confused. You know, obviously I don't know what his goals are or what his purpose is, but it seems like, you know, he's posting a video, it's not getting the response he wants, or he's hoping to get more views. So he's kind of like changing it, seeing if it's going to catch on more, or if it's like, you know, I don't know if it's actually trying. I think it might even be a little a little sneakier than that. I think he might be trying to like dupe the audience. So the video shows up in my feed and has one thumbnail and one title. Maybe I don't click on it. And later in the day, I'm checking the feed and I see a different thumbnail with a different title. And I go, well, that's interesting. And now I click on it and it's the same video, but like maybe he's trying to like put that same video in front of people a few different times to try and get their attention, which is you know, maybe that's a smart strategy, but when you become aware of it and you watch it, I go like, oh, he posted a video. I know if I check back in three hours, it's going to be a totally different thumbnail, totally different title. If I check back tomorrow, it's going to be totally different. It just sort of seems like, I, I don't know. I, 
I don't like that. And so by having things scheduled out in advance, maybe I can do that without people seeing it, if you know what I mean. Like the video is there scheduled, I have my thumbnail, I have my title, a few days go by and I go, ah, you know, things kind of changed or I had this idea, I can just change it out. And by the time that video actually posts, maybe I have, you know, revised it, revised that stuff several times to be as effective as possible. This is a theory. I don't know if that's going to work or not. So that's just a theory. We'll have to see. But having that buffer built in is amazing. And that is one of the huge benefits there. And then the other benefit is the ability to more easily, I think, add in more than one video a week. So if I have these videos scheduled and now I want to do another video or, or there is something really topical, maybe, you know, every once in a while, <clears throat> excuse me, like I'm, I'm recording this on the Roadcaster Pro, which I talk about a lot because it's like one of my favorite tools. Uh, I got that when it came out, like really quickly when it came out and it was still back ordered. <clears throat> I was just lucky enough to be able to to order it and get it shipped to me. Like there was nothing special. I just got in line like everybody else. But I knew that, hey, this is a new, interesting piece of technology. Like I want to do my review overview video of it and put that up quickly because it's new and people are interested in it. And that video is doing really well. The most popular video on my channel is an Apple Watch speed comparison where I took the Apple Watch Series 4 and compared the speed to the original Apple Watch. And I did. I released that video the day that the Apple Watch 4 came out because I had, I had known, you know, for a year that I was going to upgrade when the new one came out because mine was getting slow and a little outdated, and so I had pre-ordered it. It came on release day. And that night, I didn't even expect to make a video. I made this very quick. It took like less than two hours from start to finish, from start to upload was like less than two hours. Just a little speed comparison because I was really excited about it. And I thought like, let's be kind of cool to upload like the day the thing came out. Like there's not a lot of videos out about it yet. And that video, that's like the first time I had a video kind of blow up where I couldn't see. I've never seen those numbers before. We're just like, oh my gosh, just constant views and constant views and comments and notifications. And like, I, you know, the analytics just looking like I've never seen them look before. And that was that wouldn't have happened if I had done that two weeks later. It might have done well, but the fact that that video came out on that day, that release day, was crucial to its success. And so just because I have or I want to have an upload schedule doesn't mean that I, I can't, uh, that I'm limited from being topical if I need to be or if I want to be, or if I just do something really excited. You know, if I got my four videos scheduled and I make a video that I really love and I just... I want to share it right now because I want to. Like, it is my channel. That's the beauty of these individual platforms is you are in charge of them. So you just share what you want. Um, you know, I'm thinking of VidCon specifically. Heather and I have tickets to VidCon this summer. I'm super excited because it'll be my first time going. It'll be her third time going, but it'll be our first time going together. And I know, you know, I'll have a video scheduled for VidCon, but I know that I'll want to make and upload a video video during the convention like I, that's just something i've wanted to do is go to vidcon and record a bunch of stuff and upload a video as it's happening i don't want to upload my vidcon video two weeks later or something so that will probably be a week where there's two videos uploaded or three videos or whatever you know um last winter or winter of 2017 <clears throat> when i went to nashville for work i did this whole series of nashville vlogs that i love they're they're Awesome. Some of them are just vlogs. Some of them are tutorials. 
um, because I was in this cool place. I just ended up with like free time like I never have. And so I ended up doing six videos in six days totally unexpectedly just because I had the time and I I was kind of in a cool rhythm and it was unexpected and I, I loved it and I had a ton of fun doing that. So you never know when those kinds of things are going to happen. And I'm not going to stop myself from uploading more often. But my strategy is pick one day every week, starting now with Thursdays, have a video every single Thursday, and then get to a point where I'm four videos out. So I, I have this huge buffer to account for life happening because it will. And then I think that will be the perfect balance of having a really routine upload schedule, consistent, which is something that I think is important for growing a channel or keeping a channel growing sustainably, but also eliminating the stress of, oh my gosh, it's been a busy week and I still have to make a video so I can be a little more methodical with my stuff. The challenge will be building in the buffer because to do that, that means, you know, I have to make four or five videos to get to a point where I'm scheduled out that way. So that means for a few weeks, I'm going to be making, you know, probably more than one video a week just to build that in. But I've been planning this for a while. So I think that that's totally, totally possible, totally doable. I'm actually really excited about it. I've never been that strategic. And it's, it's crazy how much fun I've been having trying to develop a strategy for my channel because I spent so much time thinking that that was, that was something that would take away from the authenticity of it and rather than being actually kind of an enjoyable puzzle thing. And when you kind of look at your analytics and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, I can change this one thing and it actually does help or I do this other thing and it hurts. It is kind of, it's kind of a fun puzzle. Like it's not really being manipulative. Like for example, one of the things I learned from listening to Tim Schmoyer was end screens. And so th this is like the best tip I've gotten ever. And it's so smart and it's so simple and it's not skeezy or gross or anything. It's actually a better use of technology. So on YouTube, you have the option to do end screens and end screens let you put up for 20 seconds, the end 20 seconds of your video. You can put up a little subscribe button. You can put up up to two videos. Well, two links, I guess you could call them. It could be a video or it could be a playlist. Lots of people will have like an end screen. I've had one for several months where, you know, it might just be kind of like a template. Maybe it'll do a little video clip or whatever. And you do that last 20 seconds. Sometimes people just, as they're ending their video and they're talking, they just sort of pace the things up or whatever. Most people are not very strategic with those other than like maybe having an end screen. And one of the things Tim recommended was don't tell your audience that the video is over because that's going to tell them that it's okay to leave. And I should have known this because I'm a teacher and I know just by the tone of my voice, if I'm in the middle of talking about something, like, like if I'm talking about one thing and I'm transitioning to the next thing I want to talk about and I say, okay, does anyone have any questions about this? Sometimes if I say that a certain way, my students think that that means I'm done. And so they start getting ready to like go into their own individual work mode and move to a different seat or whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not done yet. I'm just, we're done with this part, but we're moving over to this part now. And that's what people do in their YouTube videos. I mean, I don't know how many of my videos, you know, 30 seconds or a minute before the end, I say, so I hope that was helpful. And which I do hope it was helpful. But as soon as somebody hears that, they go, okay, this video is done swipe off, like go somewhere else, do something else. Whereas Tim's advice is 
make it feel like people are hanging out with you. Like it's a very personal platform. And so if you're, people are watching you and they're interested in what you're sharing and they made it that close to the end of your video, don't give them permission to leave and say goodbye. Introduce them to something else and like keep the conversation going. So it does take a little bit of planning because it means in your video, instead of just doing something random, you, you kind of need to talk like if I'm doing a video about, I'm trying to think of my, my last video. Oh, my last video actually was about the roadcaster that I'm using right now. And it was how to use the roadcaster in a live stream on OBS. Cause that was a cool thing I figured out how to do. Thought it'd be helpful. Wanted to share it with people. At the end of that video, instead of just saying, well, I hope this was helpful. See you later. And putting up an end screen, I said something along the lines of here, you know, this is, what did I say? I said, you know, this, this video, I wasn't even that specific. Now I'm like stuck. I should watch the video. But basically I was done explaining how to use it for live streaming. And then I said, I did do a whole overview review of the Rodecaster, which is really cool. And it's one of my favorite tools. And I just sort of started explaining that, you know, this was how to do one thing, but I had also done a whole overview and a review. And if you're thinking about getting this, it's awesome. You don't need this tool to create great stuff, but it is a really good tool if you have the budget for it. And then while I'm doing that, the video pops up on the end screen, of course, with a little subscribe button. And then I put in a few little titles that said like, hey, check out my Roadcaster review. So I'm still talking going like, hey, do this. Like, let's go this is a really cool thing to do with this roadcaster. And now if you go over here, we can learn more about it and we just keep going. And it really does make a huge difference in the number of people that click through, which is important for, for YouTube to recognize that, you know, oh, people watched one of your videos and they watched another one of your videos. So we should have people watch more of your videos. And, you know, that's what you want to not get, buried because you can very easily get buried. So little things like that, like that is something I would have never wanted to do a year ago is to dig into analytics and figure out how to more effectively use my end screens. Like I, I just, I thought like, oh no, just if something's good, it'll speak for itself. But it's like, you really kind of got to give your stuff a fighting chance. And being strategic turns out can actually be kind of fun and it doesn't mean at all that you need to lose your authenticity and that's oh that has been my puzzle my fun revelation <laughs> uh over the past few weeks so i'm excited to implement that and this week's kind of crazy because I, I had a whole bunch of insane stuff happen at work so today i'm recording this on saturday night this next thursday was supposed to be my first video uh, my first Thursday video came out, but I am not going to have time to make a really big video between now and Thursday. So I'm actually going to do something which I never do and just do an update video where I want to explain, hey, expect videos every Thursday. This is what's happening, which I never I never do that because I don't want to do the I just don't like wasting people's time. But I figure because I never do those videos if there are people who are actually interested in me and if people actually want to like connect with me on a personal level, that maybe doing like a community update video would be a smart thing and then jump into the more like useful traditional of my style videos after that. But at least that'll give sort of a personality and a reference point for people to anchor to. And it doesn't require like a lot of crazy product testing or <laughs> B-roll footage or anything like that. I can kind of just share a status update which i don't really do that often and then 
build in videos from here on out, which is very, very exciting. The other thing that I wanted to touch on as I sort of start bringing this to a close is the last podcast I did had Rob Bowman on it, which was super, super fun. Uh, I'd love to have Rob back and talk to him again. Um, but Heather and I, we haven't done an update in a couple episodes about our event that we're planning, which we're still in the process of working on. So I don't want you to think that that's gone by the wayside, but she's just not feeling very well right now. So I'm recording this one by myself just because she just sort of needs time to just recoup and, you know, life happens as it does. But we are still working on our digital media event. I'm super excited because last night we did a digital media festival at my school for my program where it's just nearing the end of the school year. I wanted to celebrate some student works. I had a awards to give out and a scholarship, which I was really excited to uh, give to a student. And it was this amazing event. It was supposed to be two hours. I feel bad because it was almost three and a half hours. But it was so much of students, you know, a lot of tears and crying, but people saying how much the program meant to them and how much it benefited them and how much it was like a fa- it was like the best experience. I oh, I can't even I can't even explain like the chills from that. So that was really, really cool. And that was something that, you know, I just basically put together by myself with what we had around. And it was a very successful event. Not quite um, not quite the scale of what Heather and I are planning, but to me, it was proof of concept of like, okay, you can put together an event. Digital media is a thing that really can unite people and empower people. Like you have these stories firsthand. I think that that is really valuable. And so it kind of really made me think that when we want to put something together, we can absolutely make that happen in a really, really special way. And, um, so we've still been working about it, talking about it, trying to nail down a venue. Um, yeah, which is which is exciting. So that's sort of where we are there. That's just, we're in the planning phase still. Hopefully next week uh, I'll be able to have Heather back and we can kind of update on that. I also want to make sure to go over developing a niche, which I spelled wrong in my notes here. I never know if it's niche or niche. But I do think after two years on YouTube, it is important to have a niche And I've been trying to narrow mine down, even though I'm like 140 videos in. So if you have a YouTube channel or you're developing one, maybe that's something you would want to hear more about or work on or or offer help to me. Uh, But anyway, in the meantime, if you want to reach out to me between now and then, I'm just at SoDarnTom on all the things. And of course, the YouTube channel is The Enthusiasm Project, so feel free to check that out. I would genuinely love to hear from you. So I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much for listening. See you later.